Hello. I hope you're having a great start to your week. Welcome to the new week. Hope things are going well for you. If you're on live, please hop in the comments, say hello. Um, if something resonates with you, say something in the comments. Uh, we really love hearing from you. And if you're watching later, uh, catching up, still jump in there and say stuff. I'd love to uh, see the notifications that um, there's somebody going back and, and catching up with what it is that we're, we're doing. And so it's really, it's really a joy and a lot of fun to see that. So we appreciate your comments. Love to hear from you. Uh, love to be able to uh, interact with those. So say hello if you're, if you're on watching. All right. Um, last Friday, Angie was, uh, she started talking about this on Thursday with the uh, uh, Invictus broadcast and really went into detail Friday about uh, being in the, the days of deliverance right now. And so if, if you haven't had a chance to to catch her broadcast from last Friday, go back and do that. It's There is a, a, a wealth of information and revelation that she was uh, releasing last Friday, and it's going to take probably a, a couple of times of, of going through it to, to catch it all. Uh, you can even go listen to the audio uh, on our podcast if you want. Uh, but really, go back and listen to that uh, because it is, it, it's very important for, for what God is, is taking us through right now. And I want us to be able to, to look at that and say, okay, this is what he is uh, delivering me from right now. This is what he wants to remove me out of the, this, this bondage that, uh, uh I'm, uh, being held under. And, um, I, I would go so far as, is being, uh, uh, allowing myself to be held under because, you know, we, we start from a place of victory. We are, are co-seated with Christ as those who have simply believed we, we take up our space with him and, and that's our starting point. And, and we have to remember that. Uh, so there, there are things though that, that God will want to, to deliver us out of, whether it's, uh, um, something from the past that's come up and didn't realize that, oh, I, I haven't dealt with this like I thought I did. Uh, maybe I thought I had, uh, released forgiveness to somebody for something, but, but maybe that wasn't, wasn't the case. And, and so, uh, be aware of what it is that he's bringing up. Be aware of what it is that is making you feel uh, uncomfortable or, um, is making you feel offended. Uh, those things coming up, don't, don't run away from them. Explore them. Ask Holy Spirit to, to explore them with you and see what he has to say about it. Because it's likely there's something there some reason that it's being brought up and it could be the very thing that he's wanting to deliver you from. And, and so, um, be, be sure to explore those things really, really take a look at them. And so, um, with that, what I wanted to focus on today is, uh, yes, these are the days of deliverance be, being delivered out of something, but there, there is also something that God is wanting to take you into. When we look at uh, uh, the great deliverance of the nation of Israel out of Egypt, there's a lot that he's pulling out of them. 
and, and it takes decades to extract all of that uh, uh, slave mentality out of them, that mentality that wants to stay chained up. And they, they weren't focused on what it is that, that God was wanting to take them into. In Exodus 3, 8 is, is where God says he wants to deliver them and put them in a land flowing with milk and honey. So a rich land that would provide for them a, a place of abundance. That's what God had for them. He didn't want to leave his people chained up. He didn't want to leave you chained up. You're living on this side of the cross. That's evidence of that, that fact that he doesn't want to leave you chained up either. And he has something for you. He wants to deliver you unto a, a, a prosperous land. Uh, uh, he wants to deliver you and take care of you and provide for you. Be your provider. Be your defender. Be your strength. Be your, your joy. Be everything for you. And so I think it's important to, to not only look at what is it that he is delivering me from, but what is he delivering me unto? And, and, and I, I love in, in Joshua, um, in chapter one, verse 10, it says, Joshua ordered the leaders of the people, go through the camp and instruct the people, pack your bags for within three days, you will cross the Jordan to conquer and occupy the land that Yahweh, your God, is giving you to possess. Pack your bags. I, I think that is, is, could be a tagline to, this is the days of deliverance. So pack your bags. You, you're, you're not staying in this place any longer. This isn't, this isn't where you're meant to be. Right? We don't, we don't stop in the, the, the valley of the shadow of death. We, we continue to move through it. Right? So, Pack your bags. Where is it that he's taking you to? What is it he's delivering you unto? And it, it's important to, to know this so you, you have uh, a focus that is in the right place. So you're not focusing on the wrong things. You're not choosing to, to hear one report over another. And so let's, let's read uh, out of Numbers. I, I want to start in Numbers 13. 17, uh, chapter 13, verse 17. And we're going to read a little bit of this because it's important to understand focus in, in this, in these days of deliverance. It says, when Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan, he said to them, go up there into the Negev, then go up into the hill country, see what the land is like and whether the people who live in it are strong or weak, whether they are few or many. How is the land in which they live? Is it good or bad? And how are their, how are the cities in which they live? Are they like open camps or with fortifications? How is the land? Is it fat or lean? Are there trees in it or not? Make an effort then to get some of the fruit of the land. Now the time, now the time was the time of the first ripe grapes. So they went up and spied out the land from the wilderness of Zin as far as Rehob at Okay, we have talked about this um, many times, right? If if we are a prophetic people and and we have intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit, we should be able to pick up 
picture the land. We should be able to go in and see the land that God is calling us to occupy, the thing he is delivering us unto. You should be able to go see that promise right away, right up front. And, and, and be able to answer all these things. What's there for me? I, I don't know why you would want to focus on anything outside of, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't know why you would want to focus on anything outside of what it is that God is promising you and showing you. Why would you want to, to turn to the left or right and see things that are in the natural obstacles, but, but from the cozy to place of victory it is laughable? Some, something that can't hinder you. So what is it, that, what is it that he has for you? Answer the questions. Ask Holy Spirit. All right, we are in verse 22. When they had gone up into the Negev, they came to Hebron where Ahaman, Shishai, and Talami, the descendants of Anak, were. Now Hebron was built seven years before Zon in Egypt. Then they came to the valley of Eskol. These names are so difficult. They came up to the valley of Eshkol. And from there, cut down a branch with a single cluster of grapes, and they carried it on a pole between two men with some of the pomegranates and figs. So these, these, this one single cluster of grapes needed to be put on a pole and, and carried between two men. If you've ever seen a single cluster of grapes, you can likely fit it in your hand and hold it. It may spill out and spill over just a little bit. But it doesn't, certainly doesn't need to be put on a pole and carried between two people. So, so the, the, the fruit of this land was huge, enormous. This is what God was bringing them into. Not only did the land produce, but it produced big. So that place was called the Valley of Eshkol because of the cluster which the sons of Israel cut down from there. When they returned from spying out of the land at the end of 40 days, they proceeded to come to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the sons of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. And they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. So now everybody can see this fruit. That's something important. Keep this in mind as we continue to read here. They, they have seen this fruit with their own eyes now. Thus they told them and said, we went into the land where you sent us, and it certainly does flow with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who lived in the land are strong. So here's the, here's the land that God is giving us. But nevertheless, they go on. The people who live in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. And moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Amalek is living in the land of the Negev and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites are living in the hill country and the Canaanites are living by the sea and by the side of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, We should by all means go up and take possession of it for we will surely overcome it. Caleb knew who he was 
He knew whose he was. And he was not going to allow this report of these people who are, are strong and live in large fortified cities deter him from what it was God had promised. Caleb quieted the people and said, we should by all means go up and take possession for it will sure, we will surely overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people for they are too strong for us. Well, maybe in your own natural ability, they were too strong. But what had they seen up to this point that would convince them otherwise that they wouldn't be victorious here? They've been through a lot since being brought out of Egypt. And so the, the fact that they are are seeing the fruit, the, the thing God had promised, they see it with their own eyes. But now they're trying to convince everybody that, that they can't walk in and possess it. They weren't ready to pack their bags. Verse 32. So they gave out to the sons of Israel a bad report of the land, which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone, in spying it out, is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great size. I don't quite understand why they would report that it's a land that devours its inhabitants. Is it because the land was was so big? Because the fruit was so big? They they felt devoured by it rather than provided to, provided for, rather than feeling like, wow, this is our land. Look at how good the land is that God gave us. They wanted to say that it devoured its inhabitants, yet the, the people there, the, the men there are of great size. Which is it? Is the land devouring people or... Is it uh, um, got people of great size? It says there also there also we saw the Nephilim. The sons of Anak are part of the Nephilim, and we became like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. We've talked about this passage before: how they saw themselves, how they spoke about themselves created a, a visual image in the people around them. Angie talks about this often and is constantly saying to us, put me on notice of, of who you are. So it, it, in this instance, they were putting the people on notice that they were grasshoppers in their own sight compared to these giant men. There was no way they were just going to be crushed like little bugs. They're going to have their wings and legs pulled off and devoured. That's that's not the reality of, of who the Israelites were. That's not the reality of who you are in Christ. In Christ, you're victorious, not a, a, a grasshopper. Right? That That's who, first of all, you should be putting yourself on notice of who you are. 
who is it that God says you are? You're a son, you're a daughter. That, that, that's a, a co-seated starting place of victory. That is access to the kingdom. That is access to the throne room. It's access to God, your, your father. There, there is in, in no way in, in that imagery that you would be less than. There's no way that you would be a, a grasshopper in the sight of anyone. When you, you believe who it is that you are and whose it is that you are. Let's go on into, <clears throat> excuse me, into chapter 14 now. It says, then all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. All the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, Would that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would that we have died in the wilderness? Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become plunder. Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? I, I, I can't imagine asking this question at this point. After being <clears throat> protected uh, of the plagues before they left Egypt, after being given the riches of Egypt on the way out, after uh, seeing the, the Red Sea part and walking through on dry ground, after seeing Pharaoh's army uh, devoured up in the very place that they just uh, walked through, protected. After being led through the desert, cloud by day, the pillar of fire by night, given food from heaven every single day, did not have to worry about it being provided for. It was there. Food, water, everything they needed. They could have marched straight from Egypt with all, seeing all of that and straight into the promised land. But over and over this happened. I just, I, I can't at this point, after all of that, see why they would say, let us appoint, or would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? And it says, uh, so they said to one another, let us appoint a leader and return to Egypt. Wow. I can't even imagine the fact that at this point, after all of that, that if they were to return to Egypt, that they wouldn't just be killed by the Egyptians uh, out of out of revenge for what had taken place. I have no idea. I don't even know if they would have been welcomed back as slaves. Or, or what in their mind would lead them to believe that they'd be welcomed back as slaves. It says, then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces in the presence of all the assembly of the congregation of the sons of Israel. Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Shephuni, I don't know, of those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes, and they spoke to all the congregation of the sons of Israel, saying, the land which we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord is pleased with us, 
and he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Pleased or not, he already promised it to him. He's not going to break his promise, is he? Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land, for they will be our prey. Their protection has been removed from them and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. This is the same type of attitude that David had when he went uh, up against Goliath. Goliath was calling him a dog, saying he's going to feed him to the birds. And David was like, mm, no. You're like a dog. I'm going to feed you and your flesh to the birds, not the other way around. It wasn't arrogance. It was a, a supreme confidence in knowing who God is. It was a supreme confidence in the relationship that he had. And this, it's the same here. With, with Caleb. He, he was not going to back down from this. In the face of the entire congregation wanting to uh, appoint somebody to take them back to uh, slavery at best, death at worst, he still said, no, this is a good land. This is the land that God promised us. Verse 10 says, but all the congregation said to stone them with stones. Then the glory of the Lord appeared in the tent of meeting to all the sons of Israel. So even after all that, even after they were shown the fruit of the land, the, the congregation of the people, the, the nation of Israel chose to focus and hear the words of those that came back and said, we're like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so that's how they saw us too. And because of that, they said, we need to appoint somebody to go back to Israel. This, this person who is saying that, that we will be able to go in and conquer this land should be stoned. I mean, we, we gotta, we gotta look inwardly a little bit now, thinking about this story and reading this. What are we choosing to focus on? Are, are we choosing to focus on the promise that God has given us? Or are we choosing to focus on what we see as an insurmountable obstacle? Focusing on, on, on something that is when looking at it from your co-seated place, is laughable, seriously laughable. Like, that's the best you got? You're barely going to bruise my heel with that. I see the promise. That's what I'm focused on. That's what's coming to me. In these days of deliverance, what are you choosing to focus on? Those things he's wanting to deliver you from, take a look at them. Allow yourself to, to be open to walking through that with Holy Spirit and be healed. Walk out of that and walk into what it is that he's delivering you unto. Walk into the promise. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Let him show you what it is that he has for you. 
don't try and stone him because of it. All right. I think I've about talked Holy Spirit now, so we're going to stop. Um, just keep in mind the, the days of deliverance. Go back and listen to uh, Angie's broadcast from Friday, uh, Life Up Here. I, I can't stress that enough. Listen to it once. Take it in. Listen to it a second time. Take some notes. And if you need to, listen to it a third time to add some context to your notes. You're, you're, you're going to want to do that. It, it's very important right now to really dive deep into this. There, there is a, a fruit that is coming from it. All right. Love you all. Have a great week.